be amiss to say that keeping the video running was actually intentional but uh we are where we are yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so we're we're back again for another episode of the fusion underground and as always i'm joined well i should actually do the full the full gamut right right it's you know it's one of those it's oh uh, it's one of those nights it's yeah. gonna be one of those nights <laughs> <laughs> if only people could see the ridiculousness that led up to us actually getting this far. Right. Fourth time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. And so I get to the- laugh because I have like zero to do with any of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all me. I, yeah, it is my cross to bear. Um, but we are back and I just dropped my cap to my Dr. Pepper. I don't know where it went. Uh, <laughs> We are back for uh, episode 68, 68 of the Fusion Underground. And here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined in the virtual studio, as always, by the one, the only, the stupendous Mr. Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Looking forward to tonight. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think we are going to have a lot of fun. I'm, I'm already having fun at your expense, so it's only got to go up from here, right? Yeah, yeah. And we have to figure out, just for full disclosure, for the two people that listen to the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we haven't really worked out what we're going to do for next week. Right. So oh, I'm going out yes. of town. I'm going out of town. I'm leaving this week and now I will be in Seattle, Washington. And uh, so I will be, be there when we would normally be recording. So I'm not really sure how all that's going to play out. I don't know. We'll get something done one way or the other, or I don't know. We'll do something <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Who knows? We Or we might just push a day late. I don't know. We haven't figured it out. So for, for those listening, just be aware that uh, if you don't catch us on early next week, something's probably going to be missed, but I'll try to post something on the webpage so that people know what's going on. All both of our listening audience will go check our website to realize. Yeah, they won't happen. They won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. Um, yeah, episode 68. And we're going to be talking about bumper stickers, right? I want to talk about bumper stickers. Yeah. We're going to talk we're going to talk about bumper stickers. I'm sure the two people are like, "What? What?" The- <laughs> I, 
did I did I get the wrong show? What the hell is this? Yeah. So we're gonna talk about bumper stickers, but before we talk about bumper stickers, we have a couple of things to to clear the air uh, about. So um, I want you to hear. So last week, President Joe Biden went before the American people and blamed the unvaccinated for not getting the vaccine. You remember that? The, he blamed the un, <clears throat> excuse me, the unvaccinated for spreading the disease. For spreading the disease, yes. And so he laid down his mandate that all companies in the United States with more than 100 employees will be required, mandated to, and to check or make sure that their people have the vaccine. If you choose not to get the vaccine, then you will have to submit yourself for weekly testing. <clears throat> now, um, I'm, I have some thoughts about this. I think it's important that we we at least cover this a little bit because this is huge. Oh, sure. This this yeah. is this is huge. So we'll cover this before we jump into the main topic of um, bumper stickers. But check this out. So this was a response <laughs> that was posted. This was a response that was um, that was put up online. I love this woman. She's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. So I'll share the I'll share the audio. <clears throat> but people are getting pissed. <clears throat> and as of today, um, President Biden's well, his approval numbers are tanking. In fact, uh, yeah. even among Democrats, even among Democrats, he's lost like nine points oh, in just well, a few days. <clears throat> you you got to remember. I mean, wasn't very long ago we had another president who was being called a a fascist dictator for a lot less. Right. Um, for a lot less. Sorry to say, in, in, in all fairness, this is the most, <laughs> the most resemblance of any dictator sitting as commander in chief. This country has ever seen has ever He's had eight months in office. Right. Right. We still so, got three years left of, of this. So this is going to, it's buckle up everybody. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But I do have some thoughts on this. But but listen to this. I love this woman. Listen listen to um listen to her go off here. Fool talking about my patience is wearing thin. Who the fuck you talking to? As long as your patience don't get as thin as that hairline, I think we'll be all right. I am not your child. You what? And I'm showing sure up, ain't your bitch. You talking about your patience is wearing thin? These people have lost. They acting like they. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like they paying your bills and dicking you down. You got to watch, you fool. I, I saw that little clip. I said, oh, he's crazy. He, he really think he, he, he really think I'm his hoe. My patience is wearing thin. I need you to get out on that boulevard and bring me my money. You ain't my pimp, nigga. The hell is wrong with these people? He really said that shit out of his mouth. But our patience is wearing thin. You bald head. See, 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 I'm trying. I thank God. See, that's Danny calling me right now trying to save Trying to save my mouth. <laughs> oh my good God. Oh man. I think she perfectly encapsulates uh how the vast majority of Americans feel right about now. Oh my good God, that was freaking awesome. When when she said Ooh. when she when she said <clears throat> he's dicking me down or he's treating like, like he's me down. 
Get out on the boulevard. Give me my money. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic. She's got oh. another one here, and I've got this one queued up. Um, you'll you'll get a kick out of this one too. Uh, I'll go ahead and actually let me get this one oh, queued up so you can hear. This is the same woman. Oh God! Same. I don't know if I can handle another one. <clears throat> oh yeah, it it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Let me sh- let me play this other one here for you. This okay. one's not very long. Talking about January 6th, you just had a whole bunch of soldiers die in Afghanistan, and I don't hear a peep. If Trump had did that shit, you would have been asking for his head on a chopping block. Why can't you keep that same energy, huh? That's my question. A bunch of hypocrites talking about. That's how everybody feels right about now. Right. Everybody is this woman. Everybody can't is. Say that. Yeah. Her name is Megan McGlover. McGlover, like. Oh, we need to absolutely invite her to be a part of our show. I would love to do a little guest segment with her on here. <laughs> I don't think you or I would get a word in edgewise, but I think it'd be worth it. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I'll send you the information. You want to reach out to her? You're better at doing that than I am. Well, that's true i guess but you, you yeah, have go yeah you have the charisma i'll get uh, we'll we'll figure that out i would love to get her on here okay we'll put the whole show we'll make the whole show about her oh uh, no the whole show would be her uh, yeah. absolutely yeah be, okay <laughs> you have a new platform go. go yeah and i'm just gonna sit back and go oh, oh preach to power sister <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's see if we can get can get her on this show. That would be freaking fantastic. Okay. Absolutely fantastic. And then so okay, so this this whole Joe Biden thing. So of course I was flabbergasted. I was I was absolutely flabbergasted. And I didn't catch it live because I was working. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I came back after the fact. People were texting me and they said, you know, have you heard about what Joe Biden's mandate? And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, so I <clears throat> I got online and I watched parts of the speech. Um so there are a couple of a couple of takeaways that I that I have of it, and that is, uh, first of all, he's trying to he's trying to do all of this through OSHA, right? Right. <clears throat> my my thing, my, the thing that I want to get across first of all before I dive into this to anybody listening is, um, do not be troubled by this, because I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I don't think anything is going to happen for this, and, and let me explain. So. Um, first, in order to make this, in order to make this stick, he's using OSHA, which is a branch of the, it's a, a section of the executive branch of our federal government, which is actually a pretty smart move if you want to circumvent Congress. Just use the branch of, and this is the problem that that Congress has dug for themselves. They've created this own problem, which is they've given up their power to the executive branch over decades. Mm-hmm. And and now, well, this is what it this is what it looks like when you give up that power to the executive branch. Um, but first of all, there's no infrastructure in place at OSHA to take in weekly reports from every single company of a hundred plus on their vaccination status and testing results. There's no way for them to intake any of that. So, which means in order for this to be enforceable, OSHA. One, either one of two things would have to happen. They'd have to build the infrastructure to be able to do that. We're talking about the federal government. The federal government couldn't even create a website for Obamacare. It took them <laughs> like three years to be able to do that. And it and then it didn't even work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there's, 
they would have to build that infrastructure in place, which doesn't exist right now. And so that we're, we're literally looking at several years down the line for that to be, uh, for that to happen, um, if they were to go that route. So, which means the only other way to enforce this is for OSHA to actually start showing up at businesses and doing surprise inspections. And they just don't have the manpower to do that. It would take decades more than likely before OSHA would be able to cover all of the companies in the United States um, once, just be, to be able right. to do it, just to be able to do that once. <clears throat> so how they're going to actually fine any of these companies who are non-compliant is beyond anybody's is and is anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, so in, in thinking about this, I thought, well, there's a couple of things, you know, what's, what's the end game here. We've always said on this show that the perp, that the goal of a politician once elected is to get reelected. I think a lot of this was first of all, a distraction from the failures in Afghanistan because he was getting hammered, even though oh, the yeah. press was doing everything they can, people like Jennifer Rubin over there, the, what is Washington post or wherever she's from. Yeah. The Washington compost. Yeah, she was doing everything she could to spin this and to spin Afghanistan in a positive light for the the Biden administration, and she just wasn't doing it. <clears throat> Biden was getting hammered um, by the by the by Americans, even though despite every best effort from the media to run cover for him. So I think this was a big this was a big gamble to try to divert attention away from Afghanistan. Um, oh, it was it it was perfectly timed for that very timed. reason. Right. Uh, the the anniversary of September 11th, 20 years happened on Saturday. Right. So what do you want everybody talking and thinking about if you can 48 hours prior to that? This. Right. This. <clears throat> if you're a member of the administration, you know, you're not going to win any. You're never going to win any conservative. You're never going to win the vast majority of Republicans. You're never going to win any of the vast majority of libertarians in the country. So doing something like this costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. But what it does do is it could potentially cost you the more moderate Democrats in your wing, but it would certainly galvanize um, the the far left the far left base. So you have to you have to kind of play with that. So I started thinking about well, what is the overall end game to all of this? I think one, this is a trial balloon to see exactly what what Congress is going to allow Biden to get away with, mm-hmm. and then if he wants to do things like oh, I don't know cancel all student loan debt he can just simply do that through the secretary of education right right by issuing a mandate if they let him get away with it so i think this is a trial balloon for something like that if and they have to know that this is going to be tried in the courts i think over 26 states have already said no we're not going to comply uh and so there's already going to there are going to be dozens if not hundreds of of lawsuits filed against the federal government and it will likely get shot down. I don't think that this is constitutional. I know people online on Twitter have been saying, oh, it's completely constitutional. Of course, they're leftists. They have agendas and biases playing. I have my own agenda and biases, of course. Uh, but I just, on its, on, the, on its surface, and I'm not, a, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but on its surface, I don't think this is, one, it's not enforceable. I don't know how it's, enfor- at least in the short term, it's not enforceable. And two, I don't believe it's constitutional. So I think it'll be shot down in the courts. But what he can then turn around and do if it's shot down, is he can then use this to run for re-election and say, well, you know, I tried to do everything for you. I tried to protect you, but it was those pesky Republicans that stood in my way. Sure. Yeah, this this is all just posturing. Um, I mean, there's there's nothing else to it. You, you can't, one, he already knows it's not constitutional. And part of the reason why he actually went and utilized OSHA is, is because by calling it a, a workplace safety issue, 
instead of a health vaccine issue, then you're not trampling on anybody's medical rights, so to speak. You're actually doing um, looking out for safety in the workplace, which he absolutely has purview over um, being part of the executive branch. He's utilizing a very small sect of that office to be able to try and push something that has absolutely nothing to do with workplace safety. It's yeah. a bunch of crap. It's, it's a shell game. And <clears throat> everyone knows it. He knows it. Hell, half the people in this country know what OSHA is, kind of, um, but they don't have a very strong presence in most people's lives. Not really. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's it's a bunch of malarkey. As what, far as what, I'm concerned. what continues to amaze me about this, and he's playing into the whole fears that's been set up about COVID. We've talked about COVID a lot on the show, but just a, you know, just a couple of things on this. Um, there's the argument. We have completely, half of our nation has completely lost their minds with respect to COVID. Like completely lost their minds. Oh, we've, we've, we've talked about this. <clears throat> yeah. A lot. And, and there's no way you can, rational, you can rationalize with these people. You cannot rationalize with these people because these people are bought in hook, line, and sinker into a religion. So if mm -hmm. you think that anybody, well, if we just if we just argue with them logically, then, then they'll see the error of their ways. No, 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 no. That, that's never going to happen with these people. I'll give you a perfect example. For one, they're floating the argument that the vaccinated can still get sick. Okay. Now I, I, I have read reports where there are people that are vaccinated that are getting sick. Okay. And I, I'm not going to pretend to be a, I'm not saying that the vaccines don't work. I think there's a lot of evidence that say that the vaccines do help to suppress a lot of the mm -hmm. symptoms. And there's a lot of evidence that's saying that those who are vaccinated, it doesn't, the virus, if you do get sick, doesn't evolve into something greater. Well, in, in my opinion, that's not really a vaccine. At that point, it's just really a therapeutic, not really a vaccine. Correct. Um, <clears throat> so that, that's, the, that's, the that's the first part. If, uh, if, it's, if you can still get sick from it, then it's not actually doing its job as a, as a vaccine. And in which case, why are we pushing it? Right. Be, and the other side to that is the unvaccinated do not magically make the virus deadlier when it's in their bodies. It's Nor still do they the magically same virus. make the virus. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> just let's just pretend for the sake of argument that Bob, random dude Bob, is not vaccinated. Hmm? That doesn't mean he's a walking COVID machine. Right. And that's a belief that's going around right now. Yes. People, people assume people are, have the, have the, the, they've concluded that if people do not are, if people have are unvaccinated, that they are somehow walking around spreading COVID to everybody. Yes, absolutely. And that's like saying, if you're a woman who is not on birth control, then you are pregnant. Yes. You're automatically pregnant you're and automatically you can infect pregnant. everyone else who might right. not be on the birth control pill also with right. pregnancy with pregnancy <laughs> right so if if you're a woman and you're not on birth control you're don't not taking the pill because i don't want to get pregnant right that if you're not taking the pill then you're you're pregnant that's the same that's the same type of argument that this hat that, that that's an equivalency here in terms of the logic process to say that the unvaccinated are out there just spreading the, the vaccine around right um, the other, the other argument I saw this, it was Chris Saliza, uh, Chris Saliza on Twitter. He, he was angry because he, his whole household is vaccinated, 
but his nine-year-old is not vaccinated because the nine-year-olds cannot get vaccinated right now. Okay, so he's mad that the unvaccinated are endangering his nine-year-old. Okay, well, you already established that the vaccinated and the unvaccinated can transmit the virus. We've already established that, that even if you're vaccinated and you get the virus, you can still transmit it. Therefore, every person on the planet, regardless of vaccination status, is endangering your nine-year-old. You yourself, Chris Saliza, are endangering your nine-year-old should you become infected with the virus. So why are you pissed off at the unvaccinated? Makes no sense to me. I, I don't have an answer for that. I apologize. No. Um. Then, of course, then they flip it around and then they turn it. And so another argument that they're now saying, which contradicts the previous argument I just made, which is <laughs> vaccination prevents transmission. So I've heard that argument in recent times, on, especially on social media, that if social media, that if you're vaccinated, then you prevent, then the vaccination is going to prevent you from transmitting it to other people. Well, then if that's the case, there is no need for mask mandates, nor testing requirements and other various restrictions on the vaccinated. Correct. Oh, I'm sorry. That is correct. Right. <laughs> the other thing is, the other argument is COVID is a pandemic of world ending proportions. We all heard that. And world, that's world, my summary. Um, world world ending. World ending? Right. World ending. Because, because people are treating COVID as if it's Ebola, as if it is the hantavirus, that if you get it, you die. Right. That's, that's how people are reporting on COVID. Regardless yet, of the actual mortality rate. Exactly. Regardless of the actual mortality rate, 98.8% of people who get COVID recover just fine. Yes. In fact, oh, recent studies. Oh, that's correct. That <laughs> <laughs> in fact, recent studies even show that the number of infected from 2020 was underreported. CNN did this. CNN uh, had ran this story about a week or so ago. Um, they actually, and it's about halfway through the, through their, um, through their article, they actually let the cat out of bag, out of the bag and said the number of infected from 2020 was actually vastly underreported by as much as 50%. Now. Okay. I, I got to stop. Cause I got to chime in here. Cause I've been thinking about this today. Mm -hmm. So you told me this earlier today yeah. and I thought, wow. I know that little factoid slipped out by mm -hmm. CNN with, I believe, actual intent to- They buried it. They put that sucker way, way, way down in the- I, I mean, really, at when you first hear that, you go, oh my gosh, COVID was even bigger yeah. than what we thought. Right. Holy cow, oh my gosh, we must go screaming through the hills. Well, hold on, time out. So let's just say that, yes, COVID really was bigger, but that by 50%, so let's mm -hmm. just say we had what? How many people infected worldwide? We'll just call it a million. A hundred trillion thousand million. A hundred trillion, trillion thousand million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of that hundred trillion thousand million, half of that were not reported as COVID. So that makes it a hundred, hundred million thousand trillion plus another half. Plus two. Which means the mortality rate gets smaller. Gets smaller. By 25%. <laughs> By I big mean, magnitudes. It's whoom, That means right. we're, what we thought the disease might have a mortality rate of about 
2.8%, right around in there. It was actually more like eh, 1.6. Yeah, or even less than 1%. That means that right. this is less deadly than the flu by like 12 times, right. not just 10 times. And, and you know, we, again, we have to, because people yeah. don't pay attention, right? People will immediately say, well, people have died from COVID. Yes, yep. we understand that. Just like people die from the flu. And those are tragic situations. And what, what we are finding is that those who are legitimately dying of COVID, there's a reason why I say legitimately, the reason when people are legitimately dying from COVID, we find that they have, pre, they have um, comorbidities prior to contracting COVID. And in right. fact, the, we know that the elderly are much more susceptible to these things because they have all kinds of other problems going on with them. And we also know that the, the morbidly obese have problems. Right with with it because they already can't breathe to begin with yeah <laughs> and so you introduce a virus that is a uh, essentially attacking your upper respiratory is an upper respiratory infection of some type uh and it becomes harder to breathe well so we acknowledge that people do die from covid yes just like we acknowledge that people do die from pneumonia and that people die from uh the flu mm -hmm. regularly yep um, I think I pointed this out to you last year when we were talking about COVID. What was it? 3.2 million people died last year yeah. of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, yeah. Right. That's a lot. Right. Uh, let's see. Um, another argument is, but the unvaccinated patients are taking up hospital beds. Some are, uh, but not everyone. Oh, uh, oh. In, oh go ahead. Oh, Oh, uh, I think it's, Im it's important that I interject some perspective in that area. Sure. I can tell you right now that a vast majority, I will not give you exact numbers, but a vast majority of the COVID patients that are in the hospital right now are vaccinated. Yeah. True story. And you know, not everybody out there in the sound of my voice knows, but you know, I have firsthand knowledge of that. Right. That is yes, not hyperbole. Right. Um, it, it's amazing. These we, We've given people a vaccine that screws around with their, you know, the, these, MR, these mRNA um, vaccines that screw around with your immune system. And then we're surprised when their immune systems are borked. Or we're and, not surprised because nobody's talking about it. Right. Nobody wants to talk about it. But um, for, the, for yeah. the record, I think it's important for me to at least say I am not anti-vaccine. Nor no, am I, I. anti-COVID vaccine. Right. I, I'm really not against the COVID vaccine. I think for the right demographic of people, it is legitimately a life-saving um, sure. medical treatment and device sure. that should be used in um, accordance to your doctor's advice, seek your doctor's advice and find out if that is the right form of treatment for you. Yeah. What I am against and will always be against is absolute tyranny and <laughs> mandates of any kind. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a believer in freedom and I'm sorry, this, these kind of decisions are not for any politician who doesn't know me from a hole in the ground. Um, 
to, to dictate to. Sorry. But let, let's assume for the sake of argument that, that um, the majority of people in hospitals are unvaccinated. Okay, let's assume that. For the sake of argument. Yes, sir. There hasn't been any hospital that I've heard of in, this, in the entire country that whose ICUs have overflowed. No. And what most people do not, do not realize is people are freaking out because there might be a hospital that says, you know, we only have five or 10 ICU beds available. You have to understand that hospitals spend a vast um, amount of resources to balance their, the supplies um, given the amount of patients that they normally see. There's this whole area called data science and hospitals have been using it for a few years now where what they try to do is they try to understand exactly based on their population size, based on sickness rates, other kinds of variables that go on. Because here's the thing, you don't want to have 10,000 ICU beds in your hospital when you only get about 100 ICU patients annually, because that means all of those ICU beds are going to waste. So a lot of these hospitals spend time trying to balance just how many beds do we actually need to have. Um, and, and so the idea, the goal of any hospital administrator is you want your ICU beds, you want all of your beds in your hospital to be used with enough, but you want the enough rotation in the patients that as new patients come in, you're constantly up at a full, at a near full capacity rate. You never want to be at zero capacity and you never want to have hundred percent capacity. You don't want both ends of those spectrums because if you're at hundred percent capacity, you got other kinds of resource constraints. And if you have zero capacity, if you have no, if you have nobody in your hospital, then you're wasting resources. So these are a fine. So whenever I hear these things of, well, the hospital beds are getting low, like they are every day of every year that has ever existed, because they balance the number of hospital beds that they maintain. Go ahead. Uh, uh, <clears throat> ICU beds are not occupied very long. No, they're not. No. The whole idea of an ICU unit is intensive care. You are there for as long as you need that intensive care. And then you are mitigated to another part of the hospital for the remainder of your care. COVID patients in particular take up an ICU bed for the extent of the time that they need to be intubated for respiration, right. which typically is a period of anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. Very rarely are you going to go past 72 hours of intubation requirement for ICU criteria. Patients who are severely ill with COVID <clears throat> are not in the ICU right. for weeks at a time. No. Not typically. They're in a completely different ward. You go to a different part of the hospital right. for that. The right. ICU beds are constantly in flux, much like the emergency room beds are constantly in flux. Mm -hmm. You're either sick enough to where you have to be admitted to the main part of the hospital when they kick you upstairs and off you go, or you're not sick enough to even meet criteria to stick around, so we kick you out and off you go. Right. <clears throat> the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea that you're going to be occupying um, ICU beds with COVID patients for an extended period of time, it's complete malarkey. Right. It's a bunch of crap. Right. Um, Most patients are only get, in there for 24 or 72 hours max. Right. Where, where the hospital gets really squirrely is when their general inpatient beds get full to where yes. they have to cancel elective surgeries. Correct. That's where they get worked up. 
because right. your elective surgeries are the ones that actually pay your bills. I mean, they, right. that's where the hospital makes their money. Right. Um, sorry, you come into the emergency room, you're not paying bills. Actually, right. you are a bill right. 90% of the time. So um, yeah, the only time the hospitals really get worried is when they have too enough patients in the hospital that they don't have enough to keep their elective surgeries going. Right. So the, the whole idea that, oh my God, ICU beds are filling up. Yeah. And probably, and tomorrow they're going to be people leaving ICU and guess what? Tomorrow more people are going to be going into the ICU. Um, this is a revolving door. Right. And, and all they do is they stay, get the patient, stabilize them, watch them because they're really critical. And then as soon as they're ready to be taken by the primary ward care of whether that's cardiac or neuro or whatever it might be, then they're moved off to that, to those other sections of the hospital. Um, so people just have no idea, no understanding of one, how businesses work or two, how hospitals operate. Um, I think both of those are true. Yeah. Yeah. The other <laughs> argument is masks don't work, but then at the same time, there are people that say, well, masks work. So which is it? Studies actually show that the cloth masks everyone is wearing do little to no good, but yet we run around and freaking out that people need to wear their cloth masks. There was one study that was done that is really annoying to me because it showed somebody showed this this uh, biologist or chemist, I don't know exactly, um, coughing into Petri dishes with different masks and putting the Petri dish, like no mask, coughing into it and, you know, doing all of these Petri dish coughs with mask and at different, and then the Petri dish at different lengths from their face. And then showing how the Petri dish gets, you know, either, either A, it develops bacteria or B, it doesn't develop bacteria. The problem is, is the test and then they're, they're trying to use this to say, see, you need to wear your mask for COVID because it shows that when you're wearing a mask and you're coughing, then like very little bacteria develops in the Petri dish. You take the mask off and you cough, whether it's two feet away, and then all kinds of bacteria develops. The problem is bacteria is not virus. Right. Two completely right. different things. Yeah, Literally trying to compare beautiful. milk to apples. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually talked about this a long time ago trying to yeah. well okay let me rephrase this trying to wear a mask to protect yourself from getting covid and i think you used the analogy at the time was like it's like trying to stop a swarm of mosquitoes with a chain link fence right it's not going to happen no. it, you might as well just take the mask off you, yeah you just <laughs> and i see we, i still see people walking around with masks and i'm like Mm -hmm. whatever whatever oh yeah well and the school systems even up here are requiring kids to wear masks anytime right. they're indoors the the other thing the other thing is is i keep hearing i keep seeing every once in a while i'll see these these uh news articles it was said like there was one just the other day it was like um healthy kid dies from covid the healthy kid was about 16 years of age and weighed like 485 pounds they're saying well he was perfectly healthy no he wasn't perfectly healthy he was morbidly obese and could barely walk under his own pounds. power <laughs> yeah you know he can't even breathe walking he can't even walk because he's so overweight he's so obese he can't even walk down the hallway and then yet we're surprised that he died from a respiratory infection caused by covid Shocker. that's shocking yeah <laughs> sorry yeah. Anybody out there, if you're picking up on sarcasm, that's because we're laying it on here. Right. There was a there was another young woman who I think she passed away, too. Um, and she was like close to 300 pounds, 
um, in her early twenties, she died of COVID and it's like, well, yeah, she's morbidly obese for crying out loud. She can't breathe. She right. can't breathe normally. Yeah. And well, yet, in all but, fairness, that young kid that, that died, um, where was that? Washington? Um, with the one it, from on the gunshot wound to the chest or the motorcycle no, no. accident? It was the motorcycle accident. Okay. Yeah. COVID. He, he was a healthy young kid. He was died of COVID. Or Fell off his motorcycle. motorcycle yeah. No, well, he, oh, yeah. Yeah. COVID killed him on the motorcycle while right. he was driving, which caused the crash. Right. Had to be. Right. I think a tree went through him. Yeah. But that was COVID. Well, it was a COVID tree. Yeah. So the, the problem <laughs> that I'm having is a COVID tree. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to pass off morbidly obese people with comorbidities as being healthy people they're not and why aren't why aren't why are we talking about just healthy behaviors living a healthy lifestyle getting out and doing getting some exercise um eating healthier doing activity that increases your overall uh ability to you know your lung capacity because that's mean. Oh, my bad. Which actually kind of ties into what we were going to talk about later this evening. Yeah. So let's get into that. Why don't we? Okay. Fair enough. Let's talk about bumper stickers. Bumper stickers. Why don't you, why don't you tee this one up? Because this was your idea. All right. Well, first off, I, I live in a town where um, let's just say the demographic really likes their bumper stickers. Um, keeping in mind, I don't know that most people have seen a whole lot of conservative bumper stickers, my, matter, minus the I support the NRA. Right. You live in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic of Flagstaff. Arizona. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've seen a handful of these and, and what there's one in particular that I'm going to end on. But it got me thinking about some of the you and I have talked a lot about ideology. And how do you actually indoctrinate people into this way of thinking? And it's not with billboards and overarching ideas. It's with these subtle um, hints and that slow gaslighting and all of these feel-good ideas that, well, who could disagree with? Right. And so there's one in particular I was thinking of, but I did find a little tidbit on one that I think everybody out there knows. Okay. Um, and it's the coexist bumper sticker. My you remember favorite, that. my oh, favorite, everybody loves that one. I mean, and who, and on the surface, who can argue with the idea of coexist? Right. I mean, it's a, it's a very feel good notion. Just of course. living in harmony. Hell, I mean, how many songs have we heard throughout the ages about coexisting and everybody living, you know, as one, Right. Right. Because who doesn't want to coexist? Exactly. How could that possibly be a bad thing? So for everyone out there who's not familiar with this, I actually printed this out because I, I wanted to be able to go through it. So the, the letters in the words coexist, that's C-O-E-X-I-S-T, are represented in this bumper sticker by the religious symbols of these different ideologies or religions or makeup. So the C represented by Islam. Hold hold on. I I don't want to, I I hate to interrupt you. I'm going to actually bring this up so that, um, so that people can, can actually, can actually see it. Pictures worth Um, a thousand words, right? Yeah. I'm sure everybody has seen this 
at one time. Um, but you know, just as a, a little refresher here, so here's the here's the here's the coexist bumper sticker. Right. Okay, take it away. So in this coexist, you have represented Islam, pacifism, um, homosexual rights, Judaism, paganism, Taoism, and Christianity. Now, for most of us out there, we recognize that this is really more geared towards the Christians. That's where this is targeted for. At least that's my belief, and I think most people would probably agree with me. But there's some fundamental religious and historical problems with this idea. So I wanted to run through this here real quick, and this shouldn't okay. take long. <clears throat> so Islam, represented by the sea. <clears throat> They actively want to kill homosexuals and Jews, yes. Christians, and pacifists. And if Islam or Muslims got their way, Taoism and paganism would convert or die. Yes. Pacifism can only offer nonviolent resistance to Islam. But the problem is that Islam has no trouble suppressing dissent with violence. So pacifism would ultimately be wiped out. Yes. Now, homosexuals have been suppressed by pretty much all religions, which makes it intolerant of Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Yes. Judaism is constantly threatened by annihilation, not only by Muslims, but also by pacifists who support Islam over Judaism. Right. Now, paganism and Taoism are, I guess, statistically not significant, but really, in order to kind of make this whole symbol make sense, uh, you got to kind of throw them in there. Right. Otherwise, you don't get a word. You don't, you don't get, get a the word. word. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Christianity is the one that this whole damn sticker is really directed against. And yeah. it's the only one that holds literally no threat to any of the others. Correct. And we see this all the time. So we, we have Christianity almost directly targeted in this kind of mentality. Hey, Christians, just coexist. Get along with everybody else, like everybody else would. And yet they're the only ones who are actually like, hey, you want to believe whatever you want, you go right on ahead. We're not trying to openly kill or destroy everyone else. The problem is, is these kind of things get thrown in our face as a society to where we have to comply or shut up and go away, lest we get beat over the head and called every name under the sun, bigot. And I mean, yeah. this kind of stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. And yet, if I actually bring it up that this coexist bumper sticker pisses me off, I'm the asshole. Right. Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we've already established that, though. Well, yeah, but I, I understand my role in this duo that we have going on here. So well, what are your thoughts on this? Well, the, the problem the problem that I have with this whole thing is the pacifists over here and the pagans. And even a, a large extent, uh, there are a lot of um, members of the gay community. The, I'm sorry. I think we have to call them the LGBT plus community. 
Whatever. Although, although I don't know if I'm being bigoted if I don't say Q, I, and A on the end of that. I, I don't understand. I, I don't know what's proper anymore. But uh, I don't know. LGBT... I just say gays, and they can hate me if they want. Right. I, so I I'll just say LGBT community. So we have the pacifists, the LGBT community, and even the the pagans. Uh, the issue that I have is these folks, and they're you know what they're free to criticize. Just as just as we're sure. free to criticize, they're free to criticize whomever. Absolutely. But notice how they only ever criticize the Christians. They don't criticize anybody else. Well, how many how, how many people do you know openly go criticize Islam when they're right in their face? Never, none, zero. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely look what's sure. happening in Afghanistan right, right. now. Don't go and, over and, there. And, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because yeah. you can, you can, you know, we've seen, we've seen members of especially the pacifist ones, the pacifist ones who have created piss Christ, right? Where they've taken a crucifix and put it in a jar of urine that can, that then gets put on display in a New York museum. I think it was in New York. And so if you're, if you're a member of the pacifist community, and I've seen members of the LGBT community, there are plenty of videos online where they, they, they actively were artists within these different, within these three communities here, the pacifist, the, the LGBTQ and the uh, pagan communities will, will do create artwork that just tears down or destroys any concepts or, or you know, or iconology from iconography, I should say of Christianity. They don't want to do it to Islam. Why? Because there are no Christians in the United States that are going to come and behead you. Right. We're not going to line you up and shoot you in the head. Right. The, the, the Muslims over here, and I should, and I should say the, the radical ones, they will absolutely behead you. Yes. Yes. We've seen, we've seen thousands of videos. We have thousands of pieces of evidence of this happening all over. Right. It happened to Charlie Hedbo over there and was it Paris or wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were, you know, that, uh, so <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's, it's maddening. Because it is maddening. Everyone knows this. Right. Everyone does. Right. But nobody wants to criticize in the fear of being a critic or being singled out and judge themselves. Right. And so they, most people remain silent and remain quiet. Right. And there's a big push for that kind of mentality out right now. Right. And I'm seeing this pop up more and more up here. Um, I was mentioning it to you earlier. I don't think this has made it down your way quite yet, but this is, rapidly sweeping up the nation where I've seen the, um, the bumper stickers out that say, be kind. I mentioned that to you. You haven't seen that much. Yeah. You? I haven't seen the be kind ones yet. So, and unfortunately there's, there's a, um, a couple different kids clubs that are part of the, the just be kind club and a couple of them, I think out in Nashville and some other places that are actually doing really good phil uh, philanthropy and, and are, are good organizations. Unfortunately, that phrase, be kind, is being swept up and taken out and, and being used as a cudgel. Because be kind, on the surface, sounds 
very warm. Sounds very welcoming. What kind sure. of society would you not want to be kind to your neighbor and your fellow human being? Sure. Yet that's being used as a cudgel to tell those who would stand in any sort of opposition to any kind of ideology to be silent. Shut right. up. Because if you stand or I stand up and say, no, what you're doing is wrong. Um, you're going down a path that is not correct. I mean, we talk about our, our president acting like a dictator. We, we talk about um, <laughs> what's happening in Afghanistan right now, where we literally embody terrorists to actually take over a country. Well, I get told, just be kind to your fellow man, which is essentially saying, shut up and don't shut make up. waves. Yeah. And it's, by utilizing phrases like that, it's indoctrinating those who know better to go along with the common theme that is not in the best interest of either the individual or the country at large. Well, we have a lot of people in this country who try to take just enough of just enough knowledge of Christianity to be, to be dangerous. In, and they, what they try to do is they throw it back into the face of Christians as a way to say, stay in your place and don't come out of your, don't come out of your hole. We don't want to hear from you. Um, and that, that's, that is not an appropriate, that's not an appropriate activity. That's not how civilized people should, should behave. And the biggest thing that, that gets thrown, and we talked about this earlier, the biggest thing that gets thrown around is you have people that are self-proclaimed not Christians, usually the people that fall into the, the pacifists or the pagan or the LGBT community, because there are a lot of members in the LGBT community that are not Christian. Um, they profess to be atheist. Um, and what they do is they say, well, you're not supposed to judge. So a good Christian shouldn't be judging because remember, the Bible says, do not judge. And that that fits that fits kind that fits into play with your idea of be kind or this bumper sticker be right. kind, which is basically shut up. Mm -hmm. And what people fail to recognize is the Bible, and especially in Christianity, we're not talking about don't judging, stop judging at anybody at all times, because that is in fact a misnomer. You have to be able to judge because part of the thing that part of the tenet of being a Christian is you are called to defend the Christian faith. You are called to at least defend in your hearts and in your words, the ideas and fundamental beliefs of Christianity. I'm not saying nobody's picking up and nobody's saying you got to pick up a sword and, and run to the Holy land and fight a crusade, but you have to be willing to defend, to defend your faith and understand it well enough so that you can defend it. Even if, and, and mainly in, these ideological arguments and debates. Okay. The whole point of the, the whole reason why Christians have to be good judges, you have to, you have to make judgments because that's the only way that you're going to a understand whether or not you're following Christian, the, the, the tenets of Christianity. It's the only way that you're going to be able to understand if there's evil in the world and what you have to do about the evil. So, Christ does call us to judge. The Bible does say, yes, you have to be able to judge because just even deciding, making a decision of any kind is an act of judgment. Right. So right, what, right. we're not, yes, we're not supposed to judge others. 
wrongly. We're not supposed to judge them incorrectly. We have to understand where we are, our morals, our values, our principles that we abide by. And then when we apply those values and principles in the way we view the world, then we're going to have certain opinions and we're going to have certain judgments and making certain decisions that affect our lives. And we have to make sure that we're making the right type of decision given the proper context of our morals and virtues and values and principles, et cetera. So the whole point is, yes, we are supposed to be judging, but we have to judge in a correct manner, in a right way. When, when Jesus is talking about do not judge lest ye be judged, he's talking about judging people inappropriately or you know, judging them based on some superfluous things that have no bearing on their, on their moral upbringing, et cetera. So you're judging them incorrectly. We cannot judge people incorrectly. We have to be sure that we're judging them correctly. So I hate when people well, use that because that's a way to say, shut up. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's especially, it's, it's not a don't judge. It's don't judge me. And right. they don't want to be, um, judged. but they're happy to judge but you. They are absolutely happy to I judge know. you. And, and just by them saying that they've already had, they've already judged. That's exactly right. right. And the idea that, okay, so let's take Christianity and religion out of it. If you want to, and let's make this purely about um, human behavior. If, sure you any decision that you make is a judgment is sure. this something i want to go along with participate in or pass on i don't care whether that's you want to go um you want mcdonald's or burger king or taco bell for dinner that's a judgment so the idea that you don't judge is complete malarkey. you know what that <laughs> excuse me you know what that also is it's a form of discrimination it Absolutely is a discrimination. Is. So when you discriminate, when you say, I want Burger King or McDonald's, and you pick Burger King over McDonald's, you have discriminated against McDonald's. Right, exactly. And so now, when, when you see behavior that absolutely is against the moral fabric of society, you judge, and you should. If you see a woman being beaten on the side of the road by a couple dudes are you going to say, well, now don't judge. You don't know what's going on. Um, she, you know, that's not your place to judge them. So you shouldn't interfere. Wrong. That's absolute crap. The only people that say that are ones that are absolutely engaging in behavior that they know to be immoral and do not want to have to answer for that because there is no answer for that. And we, as the collective society, we've been beaten over the head with this crap for long enough that we don't. And we go along with this shit in the sense of saying, well, you know what? It's not my place to speak up or say anything, so I'm just going to go along with it. You know what? I, I actually, you know, now's the time. Uh, this, this pulls me right in. I had one quote, and I'm going to do it now. And I fair warned you. One of my favorite quotes that actually talks about this from one of my favorite movies comes in the first few minutes of um, the Boondock Saints and where the Monsignor in the Catholic Church is talking about this exact thing. He's talking about the killing of a woman named Kitty Genovese, who was actually murdered, stabbed to death in broad daylight while people were passing by because they didn't want to get involved. That is absolute immoral behavior. And good people, for the sake of not getting involved, 
and not judging, walked right on by and let it happen. Mm-hmm. And he says this, quote, now we must fear. I'm sorry. We must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. And I believe that there is a large majority of people, I'm sorry, end quote, after good men, a large majority of people in this country right now that fall into this category. They are good-hearted people, red-blooded Americans who know that what they are seeing in their own neighborhoods, in their workplaces, on the streets, on the TV, in politics, from the people running their country, is absolutely morally reprehensible behavior. And they are terrified to stand up and say anything about it. Mm -hmm. And they're reminded of that fact constantly, whether it's on the news, on the radio, by stupid um, HR people shoving down these tolerance policies and crap down them, or whether it's a bumper sticker on the back of a coworker's car that just simply says, be kind. Mm-hmm. They are constantly told, shut up, don't judge, sit quietly, lest you be judged. And we're going to be the ones to judge you. And we've allowed ourselves to be put into a corner where we will literally watch a woman get stabbed to death in broad daylight. Well, then we've seen this already play out in, in New York City, for example. I mean, you were quoting from a from a from a film, mm-hmm. a situation that took place in a film. But just a few months ago, there was a there was a report coming out of New York City where somebody was attacked during broad daylight. They were dying on the on the corner and people just walked on by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that that same thing happens happens today. Look. You know. People might listen to this and say, God, these guys are just, um, you know, they're insane. They're, they're crazy. They're, <laughs> they're bigoted. They're homophobic or whatever. I, I think everybody should be able to question whatever. I'm not saying that, you know, when we were talking about the coexist bumper sticker, mm-hmm. and I mentioned how the pagans and the LGBT community and members of the pacifist community that they judge the Christians all the time. They criticize them. Sure. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They, they, yeah, they, they can absolutely criticize. They absolutely should criticize. And how the Christians handle that. Well, they can either handle it poorly or they can handle it, you know, professionally or with grace, but you can't turn that around and criticize the uh, criticize members of this of Islam because you'll be beheaded in many respects. Right. And people, you know, people will say, well, that's just, you know, and I, and I believe that yes, there are the radical ones out there and those are the ones that, you, that would behead you. Sure. But what I think a lot of people don't understand. And the reason why there are a lot of people in this country that are concerned, particularly about the radical ones. I don't have any problem with, with the, the non-radical radical Muslims that exist in America. I have no problem with them. I work with them. I work with some of them. 
Um, they're very proud of their faith, and that's fine. I don't judge them negatively because they happen to be Muslim. I do judge negatively those who want to behead us. I yes. don't think that that's proper. Just like I would judge a Christian who negative who wants to run in and blow somebody up, right. right, or shoot somebody. I don't. I would judge them harshly, just the same. But the the problem when we look at the world, especially in relationship to the United States, is how many radical Christians actually exist? A really, really small amount. I'm sure some of them exist, particularly in the, the KKK, but the KKK barely has, what, 10,000 members, if well, that, you, nationwide? The KKK barely exists. I mean, in broad comparison. Right. It <laughs> barely, barely exists. We're talking nationwide. There's like maybe 5,000 of them or something like that. I mean, there's a very small number of them. You have... Yes, you have the the Nazi skinheads, uh, you know, gang members that exist in the United States. But again, you're talking a few hundred. You're not talking millions of them. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is the is you know the the Muslim religion, Islam, is very is a very large religion. And when you factor in and approximate how many radical ones are out there, there are more than there. Are, people have calculated that there are approximately a little bit more than. 300 million radical Muslims worldwide. That's the population of the United States of America. Right. You're it's talking not a small representation of people. Right. You're talking the popul you're talking if you took the entire population of the United States of America and every single one of them was radicalized to a singular ideology. That is frightening. That is scary and the world should be concerned about that. Now, again, that's not to say that Islam should be eradicated off the face of the planet, and that's no. not saying that countries should declare war against a religion and try to blast it off the face of the planet. But there needs to be concern about the radical 300 million uh, just individuals that exist. They belong to a given ideology and that there are a lot of them. Right. And how right. many of them caused 9-11? Um, a dozen. A dozen, 15, yeah. whatever, what, whatever yeah. the number was. It's And that doesn't make me a bigoted person to recognize a significant portion of the world population that adheres to a radical sect of a religious ideology that literally wants to annihilate any and all of those who do not comply with it. I mean, that doesn't make me a bigoted person. That just makes me observant. I have no problem with right. Muslims. Right. With radicalized extremists? I have yes, a problem. I have a problem with that. I don't care what religion you are. Right. And everyone else should too. And I think a lot of people do, and they're afraid to say it because, well, fear of either being judged or fear of, well, I don't want to be mean. You know what? To hell with that. Our society right now is in part of the problems that it's in right now because we're so afraid of being mean that nobody's actually speaking any damn truth. Yeah. And that's the problem. That, that's the problem that we are, we are hamstringing ourselves as a society. Because people are too afraid to speak. And when we started this podcast, we talked about the need for more people in society 
to say you're full of shit. Right. Right. Or that's a dumb idea. Or you're being stupid that more people in society need to exist to say that. Yeah. Because the whole Joe Rogan go, bitch, what? Right. I mean, the whole the whole point of exercising your second, your your First Amendment rights of free speech is we collectively think. We think as a collective. That's how the hard thinking gets done. Right. Because each one of us has their singular, and we've talked about this numerous times where each one of us has our own biases. And it's very easy for us to get very focused and myopic in our view of something. So we need to be able to speak out loud our thoughts so that other people can hear us and go, no, you're stupid or no, you're being an idiot. Shut up. That's a dumb idea, whatever the case may be, because now you're talking and now you're thinking out loud as a collective. And what we're doing is we're stifling that speech. Yeah. I've been told, Jason, shut up. That's retarded. That's a dumb idea. Okay. Well, why? Well, why? And I'm not questioning because I'm like, well, I think you're, I want you to prove me wrong or I want you to prove your point, but no, okay. You're seeing it from a different perspective than I am. What did I miss? Help me out. Let's get it figured out. Maybe we'll come up with a better answer. I mean, I've come up with some solutions to problems. I think you've even helped me with, with one solution to a problem in another organization we belong to. And I think if you remember correctly, I even posed that out there is this is just an idea. Please come talk to me and see if maybe through some some back and forth, we can come up with a better idea. But that's how stuff gets solved. That's how stuff gets done. Shit, the founding fathers of our country deliberated the idea of just being independent from one of the most powerful nations in the world at the time. And it took them months of sitting around arguing about it. And there was a lot of name calling going on back there in 1776. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a big deal. And yeah, you sure as hell better make damn sure everybody's either on the same page or you've thought it all through. And that does involve a little bit of, hey, man, you're this is stupid. Oh, okay. Well, why? Why do you think it's stupid? I don't know. It just scares me. All right. Well, that's not really an argument. Come up with something better and come back to me. I mean, this is how we debate stuff back and forth. You don't just sit there and say, well, if you don't like it, you better just be quiet because there's a lot of us that do. And uh, I don't want you to be seen like somebody who's mean because you're not really mean. I don't want to label you as mean and you don't want to be labeled as a mean person, do you? I mean, that's I mean, that's literally blackmail. And that's what we have going on in this country is a lot of people feel blackmailed in their character. Yeah. We let our cities get burned to the ground last year for the sake of not being labeled in our character. We've let our cops and our police officers get pummeled for the same reason. We have had our nation stripped of its own character. We've literally left a country in ruins All for the sake of being kind. But you know what? I don't want to be kind. I can be reasonable and I can be rational, but I'm going to start speaking some truth. And I'd really like to have some other people step up and say, okay, here's where I think you're wrong. And let's start having some truth discussion. But I'm not going to be quiet for the sake of being kind to those that may not like what I have to say. 
there's a difference between being kind and being fair. Absolutely. Right. I'm always going to try and be fair. But right, I'm, because you don't you don't want you don't want somebody being kind all the time. There are a lot of situations where being kind isn't going to get you anything. It's not going to solve any problems. It's not going to it's not going to um, move the, the conversation forward. And so sometimes it takes that the tough questioning and just putting it out there and being, I don't want to say authoritarian, but at least forceful with your with your view about something. For example, um, if if you are crossing the street, let's say you got out of a sports sporting event or a concert or something, there's a lot of people around and people are trying to you're trying to cross the street, right? And you got traffic coming on. And now usually they're at those outside those events. Often there's a there's a police officer who's directing traffic and motioning. Okay, you can cross. You can cross. You don't want a kind uh, traffic cop standing there, but you want somebody who's fair, because a kind traffic cop is not going to say the things and be be authoritative to make sure that everybody is safe. Mm-hmm. They're likely good. Either they're going to get run or run over or somebody's going to get run over because if, if you try to step out in front of the road and he sees that there's a car coming, you don't want to, you don't want a kind cop to say, Oh, now Jason, you don't come off the, no, you want somebody to look at you and go get back on the sidewalk. Right. Well, if, if we're, if I'm on the top of the Empire State Building with my daughter and we're looking at the scenery and she says, Daddy, I think I'm a bird. I'm going to fly. I'm not going to be kind and say, well, my daughter is self-identifying as a bird. I need to be respectful of her feelings and just let her try. And I'll be there for her when she fails. No, I'm going to be honest and truthful and say, honey, I love you. I love that. So cute, but you're not a freaking bird. You're a human being. If you jump, you're going to die. That may sound mean to some people, but I would rather be mean and have my daughter come home with me that night than be kind and let support her get her emotions. Shot. Yeah. And support you her emotions. Freaking more. Yeah. <sighs> So we're we're stuck we're stuck in this uh, in this pattern, and I think it's going to exist for uh, for a while. Because it's, it's going to exist until it can't sustain itself mm-hmm. anymore. And the only way we get to that point is where we have enough people, kind of like who the gal you played earlier today mm-hmm. um, when we first started who have absolutely no fear in standing up and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to worry about being called mean. I'm going to be worried about what I am able and willing to stand for and stand with. Well, it's getting to a point where we're, we're going to have a lot of Americans who don't stand for anything. Yeah, which um, means they're falling for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's happening. Yeah, and it's gonna, I think it's going to continue to happen for, for quite a while. Well, and you started this, one of the things you mentioned when you first started out was the political motivations behind Biden's mandate. I believe, on a different note, I believe 
he truly feels that most people will just go, well, okay, and go along with everything and absolutely go do it, whether they're forced to or not. Because I believe that most of the, we'll just say the leftists in this country, feel that they have gotten the right side or the conservative side of the aisle so beat down into this kind of mentality that I'm talking about right now, that we're completely apathetic. And we will go along with whatever. Well, look at what's going on right now in California. Right now in California, Californians are going to the polls to vote to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Yes. And earlier today, um, actually, we're finding out now that it's it's Republicans that this is happening to. Republicans are going to the polls in person. And when they get to the polls, they're finding out that they've already cast ballots mm-hmm. or that's what they're being told. You've already cast your ballot. Right. And so people are saying, I haven't voted. I'm here to vote right now. So they're being given a provisional ballot. Right. Which means that's not that's not happening. It's not Which, getting counted. Right, which means it's not going to get counted because somebody somewhere, I'm just going to come right out and say it, somebody somewhere in California is cheating. There's, there's, uh, yeah. there's fraud that is taking place. In one district, there was guesstimation by the poll workers based on the number of people that they were seeing that there was about 70% of the people coming into the poll station were saying that their votes had already been cast. Right. About 70%. Now, give or take, right? I mean, these are just people guesstimating here. But if you have to, if you're sitting there and you're seeing people come in and you're guesstimating that it's about 70%, that's more than like one or two people coming into your polling station. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people coming in. If you have to pick a number and you're guesstimating at about 70% of the people are are already already voted. I mean, think about it. It, it. Even if you could say, well, it's only about half. Still a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And to guess to mate that it's obviously more than half of that. Right. That's a lot. Right. So you've got you've got people right now in California that are reporting and saying, I haven't voted, but my vote has already been cast. And of course, it's been cast in favor of Gavin Newsom, apparently, because apparently this is only happening to a lot, most of, mostly to Republicans. Amazing how this only ever happens positively to one party. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so now we have this going on in California. What's going to happen about it? What's 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 going to be the the outcome of it? Same thing. Absolutely that nothing in the last election. Everyone Absolutely nothing. It. Everybody saw it. There was evidence up the wazoo all over the place, and just like what I'm talking about right now. We bury our head in the sand and say, well, there's nothing we can do. Just go along right. with it. Shut up. So, so nothing is going Be to happen. Quiet. Move on. Right. Nothing is going to happen because the, the people, the actual voters themselves in California, they cannot do anything. There's nothing that they can do because the only guess who guess who would have to actually investigate it? Politicians. politicians. The politicians of California would be the only ones that would be able to investigate it. So call me, I mean, call it a miracle, call it amazing when the Democrats come in and inspect the, and inspect the votes and find that there was no wrongdoing. Oh, no, that's, that's exact. They will inspect the votes of course. and there will be an investigation and it will come out that while there was some statistical error in the votes cast, it was of no significant margin enough right. to sway the outcome of the election. Right. 
It's like I've heard that before somewhere. Uh-huh. It's literally asking the the murderer to try himself and to be judge and jury. Yeah. Well, I and, recognize I did wrong. I didn't exactly right. do the crime that you're uh, accusing me of. Right. I didn't exactly do it. Right. <laughs> right. And so nothing will happen. I mean, I think this has been going on in California for decades. It's just building up to such a there just wasn't enough frustration amongst the voters to actually recognize it. So when the when when elections started flipping, because California used to be a red state, and when California began to slowly shift, everybody thought, well, that must be the way that the voters want. That must be what the voters want. But it's happened so much over time. Now, the Democrats are completely ingrained in there. They're driving that state into the ground. There's not a damn thing that any conservative or Republican can do in that state. Uh, and it's it's absolutely meaningless. And I said weeks ago, I said, Gavin Newsom is going to survive this recall election. Yep. Yep. It's easy to do when you're running the when you're running the election. Well, and it's it's been a proven system. They've already done it. Right. It was Boy. so it, it was so amazing when Saddam Hussein won his reelection campaigns right. by like to right. a tune of 99 percent yeah it was crazy right i mean he ran the whole election himself right of course at gunpoint at gunpoint and 99 i mean and he he made it known that there were people who voted against him yeah because he told them to or he just made up the number for crying out loud right do you, right. if you lived in Iraq during Saddam Hussein's regime, would no you, nobody in your right mind in their right mind would vote against him, because that was just a death sentence. Yep. Then it end you dead quick. Right, but people said, well, there were free and fair elections in Iraq. Right. Uh huh. Sure. Yep. And we have free and fair elections here right now too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That slipped. It pains me. It pains me. I mean, the it only does. way to really fix any of this, and it'll never happen, the only way to fix it to make sure that there truly are fair elections is to get rid of mail-in voting. Yes. To get rid of mail-in voting entirely and to implement voter voter IDs. Voter ID in person, period. Right. And in That's fact, I, I believe that you should go to the polls to vote. I mean, on the day of, on the day of an election, you should go in and cast your ballot. Um, but that's the only way to get all of this under control because, you know, I, we can we, somehow we can figure out, I can go online, I can log into my bank, I can check my bank statement, I can ensure that no money has magically appeared or disappeared that shouldn't be there. Um, I can look at all the bills that I paid, but we cannot figure out a way to electronically check a checkbox on a, on a computer screen. Apparently that is too difficult to do. Yes. Incredibly. Incredibly difficult. It is incredibly difficult for somebody to log into a website and check a box. They have actual controls called a checkbox that you add to the screen when you're building it and you just go check. And we can't figure out how to tie that into a database to do electronic electronic voting because it's all over. This is just, this is, it's just, it's infuriating how stupid it is. It's what's infuriating. What's maddening about the whole thing is <laughs> it's the same thing we've been talking about all night. We all know that the system we have in place is valuable incredibly 
overwhelmingly susceptible to manipulation from multiple different areas. We all know exactly how to fix it. And how many of us out there refuse to stand up and say what those fixes are out of the fear that we might be seen as mean to someone? And when it comes to this particular issue, when we talk about voter ID and in-person voting, who the hell am I being mean to? That's a genuine question. You can't get an ID? Says who? All you have to do is show up. They'll give you one. I would like to point out that the same people that the same people who do not want us to have voter ID do want us, want to, us have to have COVID passport. Yeah, COVID passports. Exactly. Yeah. So the entire country can get a COVID, a COVID passport, but only a small percentage of the, com- of the country can get a voter ID. Yeah, so, okay. On that point, where's the talk about all of these poor people who are not able to get to the DMV for an ID card? Where's all these special consideration or exclusions from the mandate for them to actually go down, not once, twice in most cases, to get a shot? Yeah. I didn't hear anything about exclusions for these people. I, um, I just want to I just want to call out. <clears throat> I do want to call out that um, illegal immigrants are excluded from the vaccine mandate. Yeah, we know that because the border walls wide the fuck open down south. I also want to call out that the Postal Service is um, excused from the mandate. From, from the COVID mandate? From the COVID mandate. The people that actually come and knock on your door to give you shit, they are, for you who are scared, who are vaccinated and terrified out there, Remember that your postman who comes to your door to hand you shit doesn't need to be vaccinated. Just want to remind you of that so you can go and freak out some more. So maybe we should do the Petri dish sneeze test on Uh letters. Yeah, but don't worry. Don't worry. I'm sure it's fine. Um, Also, Congress is exempt. Oh, really? How convenient. Of course they're exempt. Uh, what do, do you know the rationale behind that? I'm really genuinely curious. What, what, what's the rationale behind ex- exempting well, as a member of Congress? I'm better than you. That's that's the rationale. Oh, they've already gotten it. Yeah, plebe. Yeah, so everybody, we're all just plebes to Congress. So yeah. we're the peasantry amongst yeah, the, the peasant. nobility. Yeah, right. we're the peasants. Yeah. They're noble, we're peasants. So that's the answer. It's it's no it's no more difficult than that. Well, and I've I've been asking for a while, you know, if you've actually gotten COVID and you have the antibodies built up for that. Um, there's been multiple studies come out that actually say that you are more or excuse me, more effectively protected from mm-hmm. catching COVID mm-hmm. than you would be if you were vaccinated. Right. Interestingly enough, I believe Dr. Fauci was actually the the COVID king of of all knowledge. <clears throat> was actually asked about that very thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, he just said, uh, yeah, we don't know about that. 
Yeah, now now Dr. Fauci wants to um, to mandate vaccines for air travel. That dude needs to be locked up. He should be actually out yeah. seeking an attorney right now for lying to Congress, as he admittedly did. Congress won't do anything because they're all filled with Democrats anyway, so nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing will happen yeah. to him. No, nothing's going to happen to any of these fools. Nothing will happen to them. But be nice. Be kind. Right, right. You know, another reason why nothing's going to happen to him is because a lot of those same Republicans that are that are there, they need to get reelected. Remember, the first rule of any politician once elected to office is to get reelected. All so right. there are Democrats in those and every single member in every single congressman's con, uh, constituency. There are Democrats who would vote for them. And if they pick on Fauci, then those same Democrats may not. So nothing is going to happen to them. Yeah, I've I've lost a lot of faith in um, our Republican leadership at this point significantly that 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 implies that you actually have faith remaining that's true um i have I none i have that. negative faith I absolutely get that i will tell you out there any of the republicans who actually listen to this show so probably none um you want my vote <laughs> stop being silent and stand up put your money where your mouth is and start taking yeah. a stand against this crap yeah agreed because yeah start fighting for us instead of fighting us for yourselves they are right. nowhere to be found on on any of this all right well good stuff i'm gonna buy you a covid or a, i'm gonna buy you a, a coexist bumper sticker oh okay i'm just gonna apply it to your truck yeah go <laughs> ahead and do that let's see what happens <laughs> yeah um I mentioned earlier, I mentioned to you earlier today that I, I had a, a server who had one tattooed on his arm. That's just a couple crazy. weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago. It was, the, you know, that exact. That same symbol. And, and, yeah. and hold it. Yeah. yeah, just tattooed it's, on the inside of his arm. I mean, the whole the nuts. whole forearm was just, you know, took up that whole. I'm like, you know, more power to you. I didn't say anything to him. Right. Um, but, you know, he must like it. He's got to wear it. More power to him. Hey, that's good. I hope he likes it. He tattooed it on his body. Right. right? Forever. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you might have to cover that up with a, I don't know, rose or something later on. Just, oh shit, that was stupid. Yeah. But, and you know what? You want to walk around saying be kind because you don't want to genuinely be mean out of malice to people. Anybody out there listening, you go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I am not in any way calling for people to be nasty to one another. I don't believe that gets us anywhere. Don't be filled with hate. But don't be afraid to speak up against what you know to be morally wrong out of fear of somebody saying that you're being mean. But you know what? I'd rather be called mean and be honest and truthful and tell somebody what, when, where the business is really at than worried about somebody saying, you're just being a big meanie head. Well, you know right. what? Fine. Right. All right. Well, you can find all of our stuff out at fusionunderground.net. We're going to have to figure out what we're going to be doing for next week. We'll have something in the works, so it won't be completely devoid of, um, well, of our uselessness. So um, <laughs> we'll, 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 figure, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out. Remember, you can get all of our stuff at fusionunderground.net. You can also find all of our stuff on Facebook at Fusion Underground, AZ Fusion Underground. AZ Fusion Underground. Gosh, I, wow. I don't look at it that much. Um, we're also on YouTube. 
Uh, just do a search for Fusion Underground there. You'll find us. And anywhere we get, where anywhere you can get a podcast, you can do a search for Fusion Underground and you'll find us. So that's uh, at, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Anchor, Breaker, a whole bunch of good stuff. So we're we all over search. the place. We pop up number one anymore now. It's actually pretty slick. Yeah, we're we're pop. We're, yeah, we're everywhere. We're not number one, but we pop up. No, when one you on type the search. in, you search for. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. There's, there's yeah. some good podcasts out there. We're, we're just we're just kind of known as Fusion Underground. Like that just automatically pops up, which is that's that's a good thing. So that's um, that's really cool. I mean, there yeah. was some yeah. Fusion Underground dance thing out on the coast or somewhere yeah so we completely overtook them we yeah we we took the name and we just own it now yeah bam ours we we own it and now they're probably they probably don't even care they probably haven't even noticed yeah they haven't noticed so i'm sure they haven't even noticed but anyway thanks everybody for listening for jason moret i'm manuel ramirez you've been listening to the fusion underground and before i can do any of that stuff watch as i freestyle and all right everybody peace word late (laughs) Have a good night.